Hello and welcome to the Empowered Hormone Podcast, where we pull apart all those taboo topics, periods, parasites, poos, hormones and more. Let's question everything you've been taught about your body. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, a gin-loving gut health nerd passionate about debunking myths on birth control, period pain and IBS. If you struggle with bloating or your period is less than pretty, then join me as we chat about everything relating to gut and hormone health. Welcome to another episode of the Empowered Hormones Podcast. I'm your host, Sheridan Decker, and I'm stoked to have you here with me today. It's actually episode 91, which is pretty huge. I can't believe I'm going to hit 100 episodes, touch wood, by the end of the year. It's been, I mean, the podcast has been out, let me think, so launched in January last year. So yeah, by the end of this year, it'll be two years old so if we can hit 100 episodes in two years i feel like that's pretty good that's almost one a week considering i had a few well probably had like eight weeks off um this year from recording because i was over in bali and i didn't take my stuff with me um because i just didn't want to wreck it but caught up anyway so that's good but today we're chatting about blood markers so blood markers for female hormones because i chat a lot about dutch testing um and i think it is in episode 32 where i talk about like different types of hormone testing so our gold standard our most comprehensive is your dutch urine testing and then we've got your saliva testing uh, which is considerably cheaper uh, very accurate still um, and quite easy to perform to be honest I don't love doing saliva tests I find them annoying and hard I'd rather do the Dutch because it's easier because it's a urine test you're peeing on a bit of paper but um, the Dutch is kind of like double the price point as well that is for good reason like the Dutch gives you a lot more data then a saliva test um, and then we sort of have our, our baseline testing which is our blood testing which we still get a lot of data from uh, which is why we do use blood testing a lot and in the root cause program if you are in it or uh, well if you're in it you would know that I encourage blood testing right at the start of the program uh, you get a letter to take to your GP, you also get a spreadsheet to track your blood work in. And if you're thinking about joining the Root Cause program, I do yeah, I do really recommend you get blood testing because I do think it is really important. And I'm chatting about that today as well as um, in a couple of episodes time, I've got one on thyroid blood testing, some of those nutrient markers. Because even though we're often told that our blood work is normal when it's not that doesn't mean that blood works the issue that's usually more a reading issue like a gp issue okay so your hormones might come back in the normal range for example well i want to know when they were tested for starters but then also those surrounding factors around that so your full thyroid panel your full iron iron panel um you know your b vitamins your other nutrients and minerals your copper your zinc the things we really want to dig into to figure out why you're a bit pmsy or why you're bloated or 
why your periods are heavy or why they're late or missing, um, why you've got acne. Acne is a really good one to get blood testing on for sure because you can really just hone in on those androgens and stuff like FSH and LH which I'll touch on today but they can only be blood tested so you do want to be doing them because you want to be looking for signs of PCOS and, and other things that are going on in the body. So like I said, if you're kind of interested in those three different types of testing and what we offer within the Root Cause program, have a listen to episode 32 because that really goes into it. Um, some of the earlier episodes around episodes 10 to 15, so I think it's 10, 11, 13, 15, they all touch on PCOS thyroid stuff and fertility as well so they would be really really good if you're kind of interested in this female hormonal health um otherwise if you're kind of going well i want to get some testing done but i don't a i don't trust my gp uh b how do i know it's accurate c i can't interpret it i need a functional interpreting perspective then just reach out to me um through instagram or send me an email or through my website and just let me know we'll say hey Sheridan what's the go where do I start what do I get tested book a free 15 minute health chat and just we can nut out together what the best plan is for you because for some people like I said blood testing is fine others um, if it's a little bit more complex then we definitely want to dig a bit deeper with that testing uh, so today we're going to just look at some of those blood testing markers um, and the common hormones that we do get tested as females and why we test them this is just important for not only menstrual health but also for fertility so when it comes to testing generally i say test days two to three for most of your hormones progesterone is really nice to test day 21 or you know if we're looking at dutch testing days 19 to 21 because it's five to seven days post ovulation so if you're not tracking ovulation i do highly highly recommend it i think it's really important that every female knows when they're ovulating what their ovulation symptoms are like um, and understanding when there's shifts in that for example this cycle i had a great ovulation but i feel like my period's running a bit late like now i'm day 31 i think whereas that to me i kind of go mm, 31 32 it should, like it should be coming literally any second now um but i had an awesome ovulation so by that i mean i had no breast tenderness i had a little bit of swelling but not in a bad way in a way that made my boobs look great um and great cervical mucus changes um, all those kinds of things were really really good and smack on whereas say oh, when was I? I had a lot going on so it was March April this year I had mid-cycle spotting I had a lot of like um, painful breasts um, I had a lot of bloating fluid retention really bad PMS all leading up to my period so there's a lot of those symptoms going on which I haven't had this cycle but then other things you may notice may be good like I go all oh, those things are really good but I had quite an acne flare-up so then I'm like okay well what does that mean what's going on there is it just because my period's running a little bit late is it because I've been a bit stressy so I've got higher androgens especially when it's on your back or jawline which is where I get mine classically so it's really important to track ovulation so that you can track these symptoms so that when you do start to work with someone like myself and you bring it to your naturopath and go hey this is what's going on we can go all right now let's get some blood testing and correlate and go 
yeah, it looks like progesterone is low or looks like estrogen is high or, hey, you've got really high DHEAs um, and gin, so that's what's driving your acne. Let's pop you on some herbs to balance that out or have you looked at PCOS? So it just gives us a lot more insight into what's going on with you. So two um, markers that we commonly test for when we're looking at ovulation or into your menstrual cycle is FSH, so your follicle stimulating hormone, um, and LH, so your luteinizing hormone. So a follicle stimulating hormone, we're looking at if we're suspecting PCOS, like if it's trying, if it's really high and it's stimulating your ovaries, um, but you're not following through with that cycle. Things like um, fertility, puberty, it gets commonly gets tested as well. If it's really low, uh, then we're looking at anorexia, amenorrhea, because you're not actually having a cycle or stress will lower FSH as well. If it's really high, then we're looking at menopause, adrenal fatigue, low DHEA, um, those kinds of things, okay? So that LH to FSH ratio will indicate PCOS. So it should be like a one-to-one -one ratio. But if there's a higher LH to FSH, then we're thinking possible PCOS. So if you suspect PCOS, go and get LH and FSH tested because it'll give you some insight into it. It can be it can be quite confusing, but we do know that there is that link between FSH being low when someone is in quite a stressed state, and we know that stress often drives PCOS as well. So I know that firsthand, if I over-exercise, if I under-eat, or if I have a lot of lifestyle stress going on because I'm highly sensitive to stress, I notice it first thing with my periods and with my skin. So I get really bad um, cystic acne breakouts. Now, LH is um, pr promotes the release of follicles at ovulation, okay? So we see this high in things like um, PCOS or adrenal fatigue. So like I said, if we have that high LH but low FSH, we're thinking possible PCOS. Now we need zinc for LH. We need zinc for all our hormones really. Um, Vitex can increase LH, and that's why someone like if we suspect PCOS, we run some blood work just because Vitex works really nicely on the HPA axis, so the hypothalamus pituitary axis, which basically tells your body to um, have a period and you know tells you everything's safe and happy and okay. So if this HPA axis is out of whack and you're not ovulating, so say you've got amenorrhea because your body's gone, you know what, we're not in a safe space, we shouldn't be having a baby, so therefore we're not gonna have a period. Um, then something like Vitex can work really nicely on that. If though, this is LH is already elevated, then Vitex is only gonna increase that. So if you've already got irregular periods, sometimes Chase Tree or Vitex is not good. Um, other times it can be really helpful, which is what we test and I guess. Estrogen, so estrogen is E2, sorry, specifically, um, is the primary hormone of female reproduction. So you've got three types of estrogen, and E2 is the one that we typically look at. It's your strongest estrogen. Um, if you've run a Dutch test, you'll be able to see those three estrogen types sitting there at the top. 
uh, if you've done saliva testing, you can also see those types of estrogen there as well. So we expect estrogen to peak around ovulation. If your estrogen levels are consistently low, then you're thinking about stuff like menopause, stress, fatigue, um, excessive exercise. If it's consistently high, then we typically see cysts or those endometriosis type symptoms, um, adrenal dysfunction, poor detoxing, so you're not clearing things properly through phase one and two in your liver, diminished ovarian reserve. So it's seeing it high, I don't want to say it's more common, but it is kind of more common because you see it more in that stressy state when we talk about fatigue or menstrual cramping or fibroids, PMS, migraines, those kinds of things. Um, that fluid retention, breast tenderness is a big one. That's often from poor uh, liver detoxing of estrogen and that high um, estrogen production. So I see this really commonly in Dutch test results that it's not clearing properly through phase one and two. So what that means is phase one of the liver um, can be, you know, thrown out of whack through diet and lifestyle changes. Think a lot of coffee, a lot of caffeine, um, alcohol, poor diet choices but also a lack of nutrients so especially in phase two as well we need enough b vitamins enough minerals um, that's where your b6 your b12 your magnesium your aminos um, so your protein all come into that phase two so if both of those are out of whack there's definitely things that you can do to support that clearing of estrogen but you also kind of want to go why like what's driving it which generally it comes down to a stress-based response okay so getting on top of that stress supporting those adrenal glands are really really important and then using your minerals using things like dim um getting having regular bowel movements getting enough fiber into the diet flax meal uh, nettle all these herbs which are going to help just clear that that estrogen properly now testosterone so testosterone should aromatize into estrogen so they um, live on similar pathways we often see it high in um, adrenal fatigue because it's used for energy okay and when testosterone is high then we see hair loss we see sort of aggressive impulsive behavior mood swings depression um, infertility issues so also stuff like acne as well. Um, you see that in that combination of your testosterone or your androgen, so your DHEA. Now, the Dutch tells us more around, and around testosterone and that androgen connection than just your blood testing does. So it gives us a look further down the chain into what types of um, androgens, so quote unquote male hormones, and why they're driving things like PCOS or acne. So we can use herbs to lower testosterone um, as well as lifestyle and dietary changes. And then we can also use herbs to boost testosterone because a lot of women do have low testosterone. So if you've got low libido, poor energy, um, you can't build muscle very well, your mood's really flat, there's a good chance you've got low testosterone and things like maca and zinc as well as some herbs are really important to build those testosterone levels up because we actually really need them as females. Um, it's not just a male hormone. 
Sometimes we see elevated levels of um, sex hormone binding globulin. So this links into your androgens because the say the oral contraceptive pill decreases androgens like testosterone by um, inhibiting the androgen production in the ovaries and increasing the sex hormone binding globulin. So this actually binds up um, estrogen, testosterone, your DHTs and carries them in the blood. So it just determines how much testosterone the body is available to use. So if this is really low, sometimes we see insulin issues, um, hypothalamus issues, uh, sorry, hypothyroidism issues, um, adrenal fatigue, and then you know your weight gain, your acne, your fluid retention, that kind of stuff. If it's really high, then often we can see things like high estrogen or hyperthyroidism. But it is definitely one to check if you have been on the pill. And I would actually get all your levels tested around two to three months post coming off the pill. Once your body's had a bit of time, just have a squeeze and see what's going on. If you don't have your period six months after being off the pill, then you've really, really got to dive in and do some um, deeper work there. And speaking of the pill, that definitely impacts, you know, your FSH, LH, estrogen, testosterone, sex hormone, binding goblin, which we've talked about, but also obviously your progesterone and the other hormones, um, because you're not ovulating, so you're not having that regular cycle. So I think it's important to note that Although it may stop acne or it may, you know, stop some of these side effects, these heavy painful periods and things, it's not fixing the root cause. And it's really important when it comes to hormonal issues to get to the root cause of what's going on. And that's like with the women I work with who say have low testosterone or high DHEA, we're kind of going, well, okay, what's actually going on here? Let's do some comprehensive testing and figure out what's going on with their hormones. Because I get messages from women every day who are like, I just want to know what's going on with my hormones. I want to get to the root cause of it. I want to nut it out. I'm tired of dealing with these symptoms, which is is so common, but it, it shouldn't be. Like there's so many women dealing with stuff. And the biggest thing to remember really is that your hormones do fluctuate as well. So even though you're blood testing them, what I love about blood tests is that they are accessible. Whereas to do a Dutch every couple months isn't the turnaround isn't um you know isn't quick or anything like that. Whereas bloods the turnaround is nice and fast. So we can definitely jump onto some of these health issues really quickly with blood testing. Anyway, that was a really random side tangent. Um, the other one I want to touch on is DHEAS. So DHEA is a hormone produced by the adrenal gland. So it's metabolized into other hormones such as testosterone. Then DHEAS is the sulfated version, which is more abundant in the body. So we test the DHEAS because um, it has a longer half-life. So it's more representative of the levels in the body. It does decline with age and it is generally low in adrenal fatigue. And if you have done a Dutch, you will see this, you will know this. It will be really, really low because you're in that adrenal burnout. Typically, I see it really high in things like PCOS, stress, acne, okay? So you're not only driving that sebum production, but you're also showing me that your body's in a, like, heading towards a burnout state. We do get, um, like when it's high, we have a real low stress tolerance. And I've spoken to a lot of women with Inside the Root Cause program on this lately saying, hey, your stress tolerance is really low. So 
and I'm one of these people as well, you can only handle a really small amount of stress before you get tipped over the edge. So you're running, you know, oh, I want to show you my hands, but you're running down here. So just imagine it's a lower line and everyone else, it, I mean, sorry, a higher line. Everyone else is running below that. So if you both hit a bump of stress, you're already so much higher than everyone else and your body's going to be so much more reactive. Um, the other one is progesterone. So progesterone is our favorite hormone. We do like to test that five to seven days post ovulation because it will tell us if you're ovulating or not. Same with all those other symptoms. So that fertility awareness method of tracking with your body temping, cervical mucus and those things would definitely give you a good insight into progesterone. If it's low, there often is impaired fertility. If it's high, you're thinking pregnancy, um, tumors, diabetes, chronic fatigue syndrome, but typically we see it low, not high. Um, and that's because we're having these anovulatory cycles, there's adrenal fatigue, um, there's high estrogen, there's PMS. It's really important in thyroid, so turning T4 to T3, it's really, really important as a calming hormone because it calms that central nervous system. If it's low, that is when we do see that heavy cycle, that bloating, that breast swelling as well. So having enough vitamin E, things like Vitex, Chase Tree, having a really happy thyroid will all support that um, healthy, happy progesterone. Things like passion flower, B6, enough carbohydrates, enough fats in the diet, all are really, really important as well. Um, and the last thing I want to talk about, uh, so firstly prolactin, which I'll just touch on briefly. If it's higher, again, PCOS or something more severe like um, pituitary tumor or even if it's just breastfeeding, okay. If it's really low, looking at low immune system, low estrogen. So generally we see in breastfeeding women, but if it's really high, then we know there's, there's something else going on there. And then lastly, this one's kind of interesting. So AMH, the anti-malarian, and I don't know if I'm saying that right, hormones. So this is the number of preantral follicles in the ovaries. So your ovarian reserve, basically. So if we're going, okay, there's a really low number, then there's very few follicles. Um, so you, you know, you would be a little bit more worried about your fertility state um, and also it looks at how you respond to ovulation stimulating drugs so the marker can change in accordance with the woman's health and hormones so it is important to remember that you're not stuck with the number that you're quote-unquote given so if you've got low reserve um, then you're thinking you know has the oral contraceptive pill indicated that? What's your BMI? What's your vitamin D? Because um, often that's low. And what's your DHEA doing? So is there an adrenal component? Then if it's really high, then again we're thinking, okay, PCOS, because you haven't been ovulating, you've just been like, overstimulating those ovaries. Um, insulin, those kind of things. So it will fluctuate throughout your cycle. Um, also be lower in winter when there is lower bit D. So DHEA can increase it, and again, that's why we see um, it higher in PCOS. And it can take three months to regulate after the um, oral contraceptive pill. 
So that's just a brief summary of the main sort of female hormones that we tend to get tested and why and some of the symptoms associated with it. So remember, when you're looking at these female hormones, so estrogen, progesterone, sex hormone, binding globulin, testosterone, we want to um, also look at those surrounding nutrients. So your copper, your zinc, your vitamin D, your iron, your B12, your full thyroid panel, all of those which are so, so important in understanding why your hormones are doing what they're doing and sort of how to correct these and fix those things because we need to remember we need those building blocks to have healthy hormones. So you need those nutrient bases there. So if you're wondering about your female hormones, I really recommend do a blood test, um, have a squeeze into it. Um, and also make sure you reach out to someone who looks at functional ranges like myself um, or another functional GP that you know. I work with women inside the Root Cause program where over six months we get your blood testing done at the start and then if there's other functional testing we want, we get that done um, as we go because the turnaround is a little bit longer. So you'll have an onboarding call, you'll get sent your testing, your information, you send all that off um, and then you have a longer one-on-one -on -one with me a couple weeks after that once we have all your blood tests back and then you get um, video recordings of those functional testing that you do like if you do a stool test or you do a dutch test or something like that just so that there's a nice quick turnaround of those test results because um, it is really important like i'm always a big fan of test don't guess and get to the root cause but also keeping in mind that we've all got a different budget when it comes to health as well so I hope that was helpful. Any questions on this, please reach out. Let me know. I love hearing from you guys. Please follow me on Instagram, Sheridan underscore functional nutrition. I would love it if you left me a little review. Please, it helps me get my podcast out there to the world. If you're not in my private Facebook group, Gut Health Solutions, use the link um, in the show notes to get in there. There's heaps of great information in there. Um, and I would love to see you inside. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Empowered Hormone Podcast. If you know a female who needs some empowerment, please forward, repost, tag or share and let's get women talking.